Hello. Hi. I'm Emma. I'm Greg. And welcome to this podcast doesn't exist. It's very much not Shannon's voice, as you can tell. <laughs> it is our favorite friend, Greg. I hope that you are excited. Today is going to be an interesting episode. You were just cheesing at me, and it's really kind of freaking me out. I know. I love it. <laughs> hey, at least I don't have a mustache this year. I've got a full a, beard. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. This is a debate that I have with Roy all the time, mm-hmm. which is... You do have a mustache because Uh, it's a part of your beard, mm -hmm. or you don't have a mustache because it's all a beard. It's a beard. Thank you. Okay, you hear that, Roy? You hear that? It's a beard. Thank you. It's a beard. You're welcome. All right, definitive answer. We've got to figure out what this summer is going to be. If this is like Top Gun summer, if this is Foxy Lady summer. By the way, I've been sitting on that. for. We've just been messing around for 30 minutes, gabbing about everything. We practiced that intro, and in the back of my head, I said, I'm inserting Foxy Lady as fast as oh I humanly God. possibly can. We just finished an argument about, not an argument, well, but like we a discussion about English. Were we arguing? Not, no, 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 no. See, that's one of the problems. That's a word, <laughs> but it doesn't mean disagreement. That's people, people, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we were having a discussion about English and mathematics. And in the back of my head, I was like, she's just going to say go, and I'm going to bring in Foxy Lady and Top Gun Summer and a mustache in the first three seconds. I mean, I'm. Uh, you were also sitting on, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? 18, it, the 1970s mustachioed, hulky Hawaiian shirt, Hawaii Five O. Oh, no. Shoot. I can see him. <laughs> oh, of course you can see him. I very well described him. Smoking the Bandit. Yep. Burt oh, Reynolds, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds. Also, I wasn't sitting on him. Neither, that would apparently- not be something I would want to do. All the respect to the man that he is. <laughs> My mother listens to this show. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> this is normally a podcast between two best friends, which it's not going to be all that different today. Guaranteed. <laughs> uh, but where we talk about the spooky, the ooky, the unsolved, all the fun things. Head on over to thispodcastdoesn'texist.com to go press all the good buttons. You can find ways to see what we're talking about today on Instagram and all of our other socials. You can find ways to listen to us on the website. You can find our bingo card and you can find a button that says write in and you can send us some uh, mailbags, little things to tell us about yourself, about your life, about what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Maybe keep those to yourself. All that fun stuff, but let's just jive and jump right into it because if we I already don't, know. If we don't dive in, we are going to Honestly, gab that for was, 30 minutes. That was the longest that you've let me talk and like <laughs> that you've been silent. Like that, and that was maybe well, a part, minute and a half. And part of it was because I had to take a sip. Yeah. We, oh, yes, of course. Greg is the inaugural swearing on the podcast. You're all welcome. You're all fucking welcome. But he is also the inaugural drinking on the podcast. So, of course, I had to bring both back. Yes. Um, so we've got a bottle of both very nice regular whiskey and some very delicious peanut butter whiskey in front of us. And we'll see just how drunk I get because it's probably not going to hit him at all. But I would like to say for the record, we came down here with just like meager pours and glasses. I am already down my glass. Well, like, I've, my already glass refi- I've already refilled as well. But I, when I went to refill mine, I said, do I just bring the bottles? And she goes, yes. And I said, this is right. This is, this is, this is the truth. 
This you speak is, the true true. This is this is what is necessary in order to to keep things running around here. So, I will also warn for the record, which by the way, we're going to say for the record well, tonight. You're going to say for the record. I can I can already tell you for the record is going to be used a lot in this. Um, but I also had coffee. And for those of you who which know is, me. Oh my god, I can't you, believe you did that. For those of you who know me, I had a protein coffee at about four o'clock in the afternoon. I got here at seven and it's sometime now. And so I've probably, the caffeine is vibrantly pulsing in my blood. Greg isn't usually allowed to have coffee. Oh, COVID messed that up, by the way. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, COVID messed that up. I drink black coffee. Oh my like, God, like straight uh, to your veins. Yep, straight to my veins. Oh my gosh. That's also after my morning pre-workout for the gym. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know how you, li- how are you still alive? I mean, it's a sprint, not a marathon. <laughs> On that note, today we are going to talk about a place that I think you know, at least if not very well, you are, know very well of, um, which is the Ryman Auditorium. Oh, yes. yes. I figured we had to bring a Nashville treasure. I love you. I love you so much, you're, darling. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this, though. Oh, is there a ghost story? No, I've never been to the Ryman. Oh, you're Nashville boy and you've never been. Uh-huh. I, that's okay. I, I say the next time that you're you know, wandering down downtown Nashville, you know, as you do, I guess, really. Cause Keep there's finishing tons, this sentence and I'm going to... There's I'm, tons of honky-tonks down there. So my assumption is that if you go to one of some of the classic honky-tonks, you're going to end up on the other side of the alley, which is the Ryman Theater, the Ryman Auditorium. So uh, the problem so. is those honky-tonks are populated by bachelorette parties. So you don't want to leave? I don't, it's not I don't want to, but I'm just compelled to make sure they have a <laughs> good is, time. It is, I don't want to. It's not I can't. It's not a cannot. I can, I can always quit. I, I can always leave. <laughs> no, you can't. It's impossible. All right. Well, let me get, I already told, yeah. I already told Greg that I, by some, I don't know how or why I have five pages of notes, which is unheard of when I'm Hence our conversation about science and mathematics Uh, or English and mathematics. English and mathematics. But like, we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to get out as much as possible. Go for it. Um, We'll see how long I last before one of us needs to pop in with something. So here we Go. go. The Ryman Auditorium in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, has been a hub for music and performance since it opened in 1892. Thomas Ryman was a businessman who owned saloons and a whole fleet of riverboats in Nashville and conceived the idea of an auditorium for a permanent residence for tent revivals. Tent revivals were a national kind of Christian crusade to evangelize and revive Christianity during the late 19th and into the 20th century. Ryman had seen revivalist Samuel Porter Jones, who was incredibly popular at the time, at a tent revival with the intent to heckle him. Instead, he was converted and vowed to build a home for large-scale revivals in Nashville. After seven years of building and over three million in today's money, the site was opened with the name Union Gospel Tabernacle. The balcony that was in the original design of the auditorium was not completed until five years later. Jones, the revivalist, had wanted the auditorium named in Ryman's honor, but Ryman declined several times when the request was made. You good? How you feeling? feeling I feel like I feel like I've I've put a muzzle on a very excited dog, and I feel I feel really bad. You're doing great. I'm learning things. I like it, and also I didn't speak in that section because I know you wanted to cut it out. (laughs) 
Rude. She had to adjust her mic. Rude. No, the history was great. Thanks. But the the like the thirty seconds that it took you to like adjust your mic. <laughs> oh, I you meant. <laughs> oh my Lanta. I thought that's why you said Ma'am. I was being quiet. Ma- I was like, that is the meanest thing I think Greg has ever said to me. <laughs> oh, I'm just letting you read the intro, and then I'm, I'm not saying ripping. anything so that you can just rip the whole thing out. Yeah. <laughs> no. Why would I ever? Well, I mean, you do have five pages. <laughs> but I also have the ability to edit. <laughs> I am the only person who edits. No, this. no, no. I stayed silent because, uh, again, yes, I you stayed do- silent you're- so you could cut out yeah. the silence of you adjusting the mic. And you were being very good. Thank yes. You. All right. So a memorial service was held for Thomas Ryman after his death in 1904 in the venue with Jones officiating. His push to have the auditorium named after his friend was overwhelmingly approved by the attendees of the service, and it was so done, naming it the Ryman Auditorium. After Ryman's death, Lula C. Naff took over the management of the theater part-time while working as a stenographer at a different company. The auditorium was governed by a board of directors rather than having a singular owner, but someone needed to run it all, so it fell to Naff. While the venue still operated mostly as a house of worship, it also was often leased for non-religious events to pay off debts and keep the doors open. Boxing matches, concerts, speaking engagements, and other attractive shows filled the stage, including lectures hosted by Teddy Roosevelt and William Howard Taft. However, the first sellout event was a lecture by Helen Keller and her aide Ann Sullivan Macy in 1913. The place was packed, and it only could fit 3,000 people at that point. And that it like it was packed to the brim, and there were people standing outside. Love that. It was awesome. Love that. It was awesome. Also, have you been? Have you seen uh, the Miss Keller statue in the Capitol? I have. Yeah. Love that statue. It's beautiful. It's so so nice. It's one of. I think only 16 female statues in the Capitol building. Possibly. And it portrays her as a child. Yeah. It portrays her as she's feeling water. As she, yeah, and she's learning to, the word water. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I especially love they, in honor of all that she did for that community, they have Braille yeah, on the bottom. Which I appreciate. That's That also, like, as an accessibility thing for, like, national monuments in general i mm-hmm. feel like it's something that should be more widely accessible it's actually pretty hard to find accessibility things that aren't like um physical disabilities that are more of uh mm-hmm. mental or if you can't see like things visuals, clearly yeah. or if, even when you can't hear things clearly um so anyone who's deaf or hard of hearing it's gotten better because gallaudet is here in, mm-hmm. in dc so that's definitely been a push i, I would say and just a little plug while she takes a sip the Capitol Visitor Center, spoiler alert, like so many people in this city, I came here to work for a congressperson. Yeah. And that is, I had the privilege and honor of leading people on tours. And that was one Love of the that. things. You must have been the best <laughs> fucking tour guide. <laughs> except, oh for the my very, God. except for the very first tour. It was my parents and my aunt. And it was Aww. abysmal. Literally abysmal. Was it because of them or because of you? I, I didn't I'm know kidding, the dad. Kidding, like, I hadn't, I, you got to get into a groove. Yeah. And well, I just and, didn't. if you were your first, you didn't really know. Like, yeah. this is this is definitely where I stop. Or this is a better spot to, like, you know, show the mm-hmm. whole thing. All that kind of stuff. And so the Helen Keller statue was something that I, like, as I elevated my abilities, if I had little kids, I <gasps> yeah, always. Yeah, because it's a. A young girl. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, that and... And they get to touch it. They get to touch it because 
that was when I would do the speech moment to the kids, and I'd like be the camp counselor that I was. Yeah, yeah. As and, you always have been. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we can touch this one, but we can't touch any of the others. Which is a great thing, too, of, like, we're setting a boundary, but you have a little bit of leeway. Yeah, like, you like have here's a your bit, opportunity. Which is always so fun. Yes. yes. I, that's definitely a kid thing. Yeah. Great job. I do what I can. That's awesome. Yeah. If you come visit D.C., you know, try to get a CVC tour, Capital Visitor Center. We use all the alphabet soup. You're welcome. You know, reach out to your member of Congress. They are always they always have staff on hand to give you a tour. Yeah. Or help you get one. Yeah. 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 Or help you get one. Yeah. Um, okay, so So Helen Keller. Helen Keller killed it. Absolutely Slade. killed it. Slade. Slade Queen. Queen. Oh my gosh, if I could speak sign language. It would open up an entire different dating world. I mean, you already kind of speak French, right? Un peu. Yeah. See? So, like... Enough to get my southern country charming self through France. Which is exactly... I mean, you only need French for half of that. <laughs> I mean, really. I just smile and chuckle all my life. I, it gets me into Yeah. Good gets trouble. you into trouble. <laughs> anyway... By 1920, NAF was the Ryman's official manager and was using L.C. NAF to avoid the misogyny of the time so that no one knew that she was a woman. She gained a really fun reputation as a fierce advocate against censorship, as a lot of various local groups had threatened to get bans on performances at the Ryman that they saw as too risque. So NAF won a lawsuit against the Nashville Board of Censors in 1939 when they had planned to arrest the star of Tobacco Road, the play that was currently on stage at the Ryman. Apparently the play was provocative, which makes a little bit of sense because I looked up the plot line and a 40-year-old woman, pastor, marries a 16-year-old after promising to buy him a car. But um, overall, it's just kind of sad. It's an interesting glimpse into the art of the Dust Bowl era of the U.S. as a as an art form, but mm-hmm. it sounds really sad. It was also it's also the second longest running play on Broadway that isn't a musical. Okay, by show of hands, who's ever heard of this show? If you raised your hand, let us know. Yeah, I've also, never heard also, of it. I'm really hoping that crickets chirping gets inserted there in your editing. I'll, here, wait, wait. What does a cricket sound like? <laughs> It's gonna start. It was gonna start chirping like a cricket. I, I there's no. I can't even can't. try. No, I can't. It's not okay. Anyway, the court sided with NAF, saying that the law creating the censors was invalid. So it didn't. They were like, no, this you can't do that. Lula NAF was a bit unstoppable. In the 1920s, she booked performers like Houdini, Charlie Chaplin, the Vaudevillians W. C. Fields, and Will Rogers. And after the Second World War. Bob Hope and Doris Day graced the stage, as well as John Philip Sousa. The if you know that, that's you, John Philip Sousa. You know I played trombone. Oh my god, I did not know you played trombone. Yeah, I played trombone. I played trombone. So John Philip Sousa's house is here in DC. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. It's over in Navy Yard. Oh, no, 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 no. no. It, uh, it's over by the Marine Barracks. Which is essentially like 8th Street Navy Yard. It's it's a small row house. And I I want to say it's white with a red door. And they have one of the historical markers. And it's like home of John Philip Sousa. I Mm. love that. Oh, my God. I want to go see it. That's so close to me. We'll have to adventure. We'll swing by there in the next pub crawl. That would be great. The auditorium was eventually nicknamed the Carnegie Hall of the South. But it was the Grand Old Opry that was NAF's best decision. 
So the Grand Old Opry was originally a weekly radio show and called WSM Barn Dance, mm-hmm. which is hilarious, debuting in 1925. It was a live radio performance from various country music performers and was not conceived to be a stage show ever. However, the crowds who pushed themselves into the studio to watch begged to differ. In 1934, the show began broadcasting from Hillsborough Theater to a live audience, and after several moves around Nashville, and particularly rowdy crowds creating damage, the show moved into the Ryman Auditorium. Naff had successfully bid that the show belonged at the Ryman, with its wooden pews that couldn't be badly damaged mm-hmm. and the central location in Nashville. So I haven't been there, but... You know, that it's, is, it's fairly well known in terms of just what it is. Yeah, that's one of the really, really cool things about it, is it, it again, from the beginnings, it was this church. It was the... Yeah. It was a, it so was it's a, got these big, long it, uh-huh. cues. And you, you don't... Like, there are numbers mm-hmm. yeah. for, like, your tickets, but, like, you're just next to people. Yeah, You don't cozy. get armrests. You are cozy. Cozy. Cozy seating. Precisely. Yeah. It's it's a fun thing, and I... Yeah. I mean, the, the Grand Old Opry was built with the structure of the Ryman uh-huh. in mind, uh-huh. which we'll get into. But the first broadcast in the theater was on June 5th, 1943, which is exactly 80 years to the day that we're recording this episode. Look at us go. I love it. And wouldn't leave for 31 years. Every show was sold out. And every show, they had to turn hundreds of fans away. This was like 1930s, 40s, 50s Taylor Swift. This is what yep. is happening. That you, There are people standing the outside just Eras to listen. This is the Weekly Tour. Wow, that, whis- that whiskey got no, to you. No, I just can't speak. Your tongue got too big <laughs> for a second. Swifties don't come after me, but I think this is the the weekly Eros tour. This would be the weekly Eros tour, but it would be like because it would be that you knew when it would be happening. It's Mm -hmm. weekly, it's happening every week. If you were local, Ticketmaster didn't mess up the ticket sales. Ticketmaster didn't mess up sales. But if you knew when it was happening, if you could get there, because it was was first come, first serve, you Mm -hmm. could get there, buy a ticket, and run to the front, you're guaranteed a spot. You got to get cozy with people, but you're guaranteed a spot. So that's what people were doing every single week. Yep. Names like Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys, Little Jimmy Dickens, Hank Williams, the Carter Sisters, Elvis, Johnny Cash, Louis Armstrong, Patsy Cline, Lester Flatt, Earl Scruggs, and Minnie Pearl appeared through the 1960s. I was about to say, if you do not say my girl, Minnie, Minnie Pearl, Pearl, I'm going to throw it out there before you can. <laughs> Minnie Pearl was there. And they it, they appeared through the mid, uh, through to the mid 1960s to sold out ecstatic crowds. Eventually, with the Ryman's origins and its use at the time, it was dubbed the Mother Church of Country Music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Minnie Pearl, if you don't know, fairly famous uh, country music singer, bluegrass music singer, and like on stage comedian. Yes, like like, it, it, like mus- musical comedy actually came from country music, which I love because it's all kind of like you know rednecks being funny. <laughs> if you need a, like, like that a more modern, thing. it's she's like. I don't want to say, I, I don't know that I can say because I just don't have enough awareness, but like Carol Burnett. Like yeah. She's a, car- uh, she's she's a, a country mu- Carol Burnett. Um, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, yeah. she was also kind of a redhead, wasn't she? You know, I honestly I can't remember because she was famous for wearing, wearing a, hat a hat. With a tag on with it. The, with the sales tag. She was she was sweet. I I say look her up. She's adorable. She is. Um, And her outfit and hat are in the Grand Ole Opry with all of the other mm-hmm. paraphernalia from other famous mm-hmm. country music people. But she's in the section with, like, the original Grand Old Opry people, I which it. I love, with, like, Hank, Hank Williams stuff and all that. 
So, the mother church, because of its origins, didn't have a true backstage area, forcing performers to the wings, hallways, and alleyways. Eventually, Tootsie's Orchid Lounge across the alley became Great a, bar. Yep, became a common haunt for the performers where they drank alongside their fans and even performed. So you've been so close. Literally, well, I mean... To the Ryman Theater. You just have never actually been because you got stuck behind some bachelorettes that you just couldn't break yourself away from. Am I right? You're not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. <laughs> I just like to say, because I have a chance to put something down in a record that's going to be remembered forever and always, I can't wait for like a thousand years and somebody to find this. It'll digital. be remembered at least in my brain. So, But uh, I was down in Lower Broad, the street there in downtown Nashville. It's called Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where all the, the honky-tonks are. You can also go up 2nd Street. It's but... like Music Row or whatever, right? Well, no, Music Row is actually on the... That's actually referring to all the producers and the production companies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah so Music Row is on the other side of I-40. Never mind. No, but I mean... Keep like, going. Same, 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 but different. Yeah. Uh, very important still. Yep. But uh, Broadway, I was down there. I think I was on vacation like, I went home to visit friends, and yeah, so I yeah. was off work, but it was, like, a Thursday when everybody else wasn't off work, because they... Oh, so you just had to go to the honky-tonk. Well, I had nothing better to do. That's And fair. so I was, like, wandering around as of, like, 4 o'clock, and I started playing a game where I was like, let's count the bachelorettes. Oh, that's... In Nashville? On a Thursday? Getting... In, like, August or September? God. It was in two hours, I counted 17 bachelorette parties... Those are the only ones that I saw. And three bachelor parties. That's hilarious. That's the next pub crawl. <laughs> Let me get another like three thousand dollars first <laughs> so I can get a ticket and fair, fair, fair. and some, you know, lodging. Fair, fair, fair. Well, I mean we could they we've got options. That's right. You I will, know people I will who say know so real quick, another thing that's really cool about that lower broad area is because you do have the tulip orchid lounge. Yeah. Uh, or Tootsie's Orchid Lounge, excuse me. You have some, like, really cool honky-tonks that have been there for a very long time that carry the history and the story of country music and music in Nashville. And one of the things that I absolutely always talk about, so I'm taking the microphone, and Nashville is just a wonderful melting pot of musicians and people thirsty for a break or an opportunity. And... You have at least three really nice schools with esteemed music education yeah. or music performance degrees that might be more classically oriented. And having grown up playing trombone and being around classic music and piano and everything, I, I can pick up a, a decent classic tune every once in a while. And for those of you who don't know, there's a lot uh, there's a lot of country songs that will have or folk or bluegrass songs that will have like good riffs mm-hmm. where it's just sing it's just the band playing just yeah. you know jam session and there's a song you might have heard of it devil went down to georgia love that song i know every single word of it if you paid me three thousand dollars to sing a song on karaoke without missing a beat that would be it and that could pay for our trip to Nashville. So anybody that wants to sugar daddy or sugar mama that up let us know you're gonna have to talk to roy first but yeah Pay I mean, me. Yeah. I mean, I will only sing for you, but yeah, pay me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to make another joke Don't for me, it, but... no. No. <laughs> I can't make it. I'm sorry. Anywho, uh, I'm still single. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'll, p- I'll make I'll make sure to make that the first line of the show notes. He's he's still single. Yep. Ladies yep. and gents, he's still single. Yep. <laughs> wonder why. Anywho. I do. I do wonder that why. Will be- <laughs> so many reasons. But I was at one of the honky tonks and they were playing Devil Went Down to Georgia. It gets into the fiddle riff mm-hmm. or the violin riff. Mm-hmm. See, I can even I can also yeah, sing mm-hmm. you the fiddle riff. So here's what's wild is I'm sitting there drinking with my buddies from college. We're having a boys night. I noticed. I was like, that is not the normal like riff riff that we get. I was like, I know that it's like a chromatic minor. What? That's a chromatic minor something going. That's that's what. And the f- violinist was apparently one of the classic violinist oh, from one of the ooh, schools that's cool. and she had broken into the chromatic riff in Toccata and Fugue in D minor. <gasps> yes. That's so cool. And it was, it was so, so cool. And those are the little treasure trove moments of Nashville that if you're paying attention, you're going to find something really, really amazing musically. Like, you've yeah. got this highly educated, highly talented. Driven. They're all too. talented, but like, you know, there's a there's a level of theory and technique that's behind that honky tonk that yeah. people forget about because they're like, ah, it's just backwater music. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. And and I sat there, and you know, my buddies didn't know what I was talking about. And but by the so, time, but it's so but it was cool a, it was a nice hear. little like yeah. nugget for me to hold on to. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. love that. But yeah, so I mean, there's tons of great musicians. I'm I'm not being paid by the Nashville tourist industry. I mean, at this point, you should be. But uh, it's it's a great place for I'll you all re- to visit. I'll reach out to them see if we can get them yeah. to sponsor this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Really, it's just to sponsor you. <laughs> they got rooftop bars now. We got rid of whatever city regulation prevented rooftop bars. There was a prevention low- of that? I think so. Because they just didn't want people jumping to their deaths because they're drunk? Maybe so. That I would make know. sense. I don't know. But they they lifted that, and then all the bars, included the Orchid Lounge, um, like renovated, massive renovation, just all down their second I mean, everybody half. wants to be outside now. Or Broadway. And yeah, yeah and built up all the rooftops and another thing for safety of pedestrians uh saturday and friday nights they shut down like the lower four blocks oh i love that i love a walking street yep yeah they've permanently done that in alexandria for the last uh bit of king street yeah yes right 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 up to the water Mm -hmm. i love it because it makes so much sense it does and it's nice and it's i honestly it's probably easier for the cops frankly yeah truly Fewer people getting hit while being drunk. Yeah. All right. We are on page two. Love it. I fought so hard for silence. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. I'm going to pour more whiskey. That's great. So dive through page three as fast as you can. I'll try. So WSM, which was the radio station that started the Grand Ole Opry Mm -hmm. and owned the Grand Ole Opry, purchased the Ryman in 1963 after Lula Naff's death for what would be almost $2 million today, and renamed it the Grand Old Opry House. Though some still called it the Ryman because they'd just known it for that long. For You know, it's almost 60 years by this point that it's been operating. Um, but with this new ownership, the building could get some upgrades. However, WSM realized three years later that the building was too big a project. It had no air conditioning, it was in a quote-unquote seedy neighborhood, and wasn't big enough for the crowds that kept trying to get seats. In 1969, it was announced that a larger auditorium was in the works, and in 1974, the new venue was opened as the Grand Old Opry House that it is today. 
and the Ryman Auditorium reverted to using its semi-original name. A circle of the Ryman stage was cut out and placed in the new venue to pay homage to the Opry's long-standing home. The last performance of the Grand Old Opry was performed on March 15th, and the new venue's show of the Opry opened the following night. The area surrounding the new venue became Opryland USA, a country music amusement park. You're welcome. I was about to say, if you don't bring that in, we're going to have to talk about it. It is, I wouldn't say it's the it's, original Dollywood. It's no, gone. It, it's, yeah, it's gone It's now. gone. Uh, but I did get to go as a child. We went to Opryland as a child. Wild. Wait, yeah. really? How yeah. rickety were those oh, roller so coasters? Oh, so rickety. So so rickety. Oh my god, I'm so I'm so glad you didn't yeah. die. Like, can I make this joke? I am. During COVID era, when people were like, if you drank water from a spigot, you're gonna be fine. Or yeah, if yeah, you yeah. like, if you went to a summer camp in Lake Quantico or whatever, yeah. like you're gonna be fine. The tetanus that I probably got from Opryland. That's probably why you survived COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, possibly. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. And maybe the alcohol. The wi- Well, yeah, that kills everything, doesn't it? <laughs> per your father. <laughs> yes, yes. The The bone shaman has expressed that if you drink uh, any kind of high-proof alcohol, um, so long as it doesn't have sugar in it, so this peanut butter whiskey would do me no help, but um, that'll keep infection But my white lightning mouth. moonshine. Your white lightning moonshine would definitely be... Well used uh-huh. in case you had dental surgery. I would suggest uh-huh. ma- letting things close up a little before you yeah. before you swished with it. But beauty is pain, mm, apparently. <laughs> anyway, yes the the fact that you were at this amusement park is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I love that. I've been I've been to the Grand Ole Opry, but mm-hmm. I went as a kid. We were traveling cross country from Texas to Virginia, mm-hmm. or Texas to Rhode Island at that point. So it's New England. We did it. It's the same. Virginia, Virginia and Rhode Island are nowhere close. Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy. I think Rhode Island would have something to say about that. Um, it, it's not Tennessee. It's not Tennessee. But Tennessee's also not the South, so. What? No, wait a minute. It's, it's Appalachia. East Tennessee's Appalachia. That's the other thing about Tennessee. That's why we have three stars. I don't have it in this hat. <laughs> you scared the crap out of me. I'm sorry. I, okay, so I I have a couple Tennessee paraphernalia hats. Yeah, the where, three stars. With the, with the three stars. That's why we have the three stars is because of the, the three, three grand tops, divisions. Yeah. So Appalachia is eastern Tennessee. Okay, so western Tennessee is even further. But it's like, but western Tennessee's culture is more aligned with the south. Well, it's like pe- middle Pennsylvania That's why we were the last the state to secede. Because the east, east Tennessee wanted to go with the north and west Tennessee wanted to go with the south. Well, that's why West Virginia exists at all is because they didn't want anything to do with yeah. slavery. Sure. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's like middle Pennsylvania is also the south. Like rural Vermont is also the south. Like so there's look, just parts of it where you're like, it's all the south. We had this conversation the first It's South Canada. We're all South Canada. We're all South Canada. We had this conversation while you're finding your page. Yeah. We it doesn't take convers- that long. Your, your story is going to be three times as long as me finding my page. You're welcome. That's fine. So at my new job. Uh, I had this conversation because one of my former coworkers, she grew up in Virginia and she, as we were getting to know each other, posed this question of like, do you think Virginia is the South? And I said, okay, that's a really complicated answer for me. And she's like, how so? And I said, when I first moved here back in 2014, I drew my South line at Kentucky, North Carolina. Like I, I did not let Virginia be part of the North or a uh, part of the, the South. South. And everybody always pointed out, was it was the capital of the Confederacy. And I was like, I get it. I hear you. But like, the the exposure Culture. that I'd had culturally yeah. 
didn't point me to what I was exposed to in Kentucky and Georgia and Mississippi and Alabama and, and Tennessee, Western, North Carolina, Western South Carolina. Western Virginia, though. All of that. Well, Western Virginia is a whole different bread and butter. But she's like, how did that go over for you? It's like, oh, I got yelled at a lot. Oh, a lot. I can imagine. A lot of Virginians are very adamant that they are like, this is the South. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you live in Nova. Yeah. Well, so this is what has happened. I, in my years and my wisdom, I've refined that mm-hmm. understanding. Okay. And the, you know, mediary refinement was something to the effect of I've driven 81 mm-hmm. enough to understand, like, there are plenty of places in Virginia that are very much Southern in roots. Oh. And I absolutely yeah. give respect to the culture that they, they, wanna, they want to thrive and be vibrant. I love that you... You are essentially telling the rest of the world that you own the cell. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Tennessee but- is the South, and we own the South. That is it. <laughs> I have a friend who grew up in Louisiana and went to Vanderbilt, Ooh. and her family legitimately was concerned about her going to the North. That's fucking hilarious. You're welcome. I do love that. <laughs> You're welcome. That makes me feel like a villain, and I really like it. <laughs> As she twirls her hair. I do. I, I, it's nervous, Dick. No, you're fine. But so the the refinement is like, okay, so Nova probably isn't the South. Definitely isn't the South. But the rest of Virginia can be the South. Pretty much. Well, she was like, okay, that's a better refinement. I like that. And I said, but really what I say now is if you don't want to be Southern, that's fine. We probably don't want you. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of the phrase y'alternative? No. So it's like alternative, but y'all, like Southern. Are we talking about like country punk music? I'm talking like Appalachia, like Appalachia goth. (laughs) I'm so intrigued by what that looks like. Y'alternative. I've never heard of it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to send you some TikToks. I cannot wait. Oh Lord. But yeah, so if ever you're wondering, this is this is the this is the litmus test that I give. If you want to be if you want to be southern, that's welcome. That's great. We'll welcome you with wide open arms and we'll give you a pie. You don't want to be, that's fine. We didn't want you either. <laughs> Bless your heart. You're like the, you're like the girl that's gotten broke and broken up with. If you want me, you want me and that's great. If you don't, well then fine, fuck you. It's <laughs> essentially what you're saying, like crying. Fuck you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's many voices in my head. I lean into different ones when I need. Okay, page three. I'm going to use that for when you were, you know, institutionalizing you. (laughs) When you're 85. The voices in my head. Lord. All right, all right. Lord. The filter, like, the Alzheimer's is going to kill the filters in my brain. And it's going to just, like. Oh, golly, I can't wait for that day. It's going to be wild. That's going to be fun. I had a friend, I, I said, like respectfully and jokingly i was like you know what i I probably just need to move on to the next place (laughs) in a more expedited fashion no not in a bad way like 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 live my life to my fullest and you know what happens happens and uh one of my buddies we were at a barbecue and uh we almost burned down a fence that day actually because the, the the grill got too hot and i will say for the record it was not my fault i brought the watermelon and i did not man the grill I also brought the sangria and beer and maybe a coconut cake. I'm sorry. I really love the tangent within a tangent within a tangent that has yeah. just happened. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Anywho, 
my buddy looks at me he's like no the world needs medicare greg yeah yeah Thanks. i'm gonna be in the nursing home espousing the most utter bullshit and listening to some very loud country music <laughs> but try or, trying to mix it's it gonna, with r&b it's, it's gonna no see that's the thing it's gonna be garth brooks yeah followed by the miseducation of lauren hill Followed by No Diggity. Mm -hmm. Followed by like Wu Tang Gang. What, what, no, no, no. You got to get in like All American Rejects oh, or I'm Green sorry. Day. We got to. We got to. We, we got to gotta get into my feels. Got it. We got. We got to bring out my my feels. See, but you're the alternative. That's where I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sending you some videos. Yes. We're gonna. Uh, we're converting you to the alternativism. Great. That, wow. Wow. That wow. Wow. Mouth. That's that's how a word. That, how did that come out of my mouth? I don't know how. <laughs> I can't feel my lips right now. Let's keep going. I'm going to be quiet. So, while many wanted the deteriorating Ryman to be demolished, others advocated for its preservation. Because of this, essentially nothing was done to the venue for nearly 20 years, although it was often used as a film location for movies throughout the 70s and 80s. What did you do? I, well, I was laughing because, like any good metropolitan government or any government, it's like we couldn't come up with an... Or not government, but like organization we can't mm -hmm. come up with a solution so we'll do nothing <laughs> yeah that's essentially what ha it was it was like we we don't know what to do with it we don't have the money to do anything with it either demolish or renovate it so we're just gonna sit on it yep so it was deteriorating but it was emmy lou harris who brought the ryman back to life in 1991 from April 30th through May 2nd, Emmylou and the Nash Ramblers performed three concerts in the building, even though no one was allowed to sit in or on the balcony because of safety concerns. There were about 200 people each night that could fit inside the Ryman. Remember, there's about 3,000 seats, technically, that you could fill, but it was that was how bad it was deteriorating. A handful of the recordings done those nights were released as an album called At the Ryman, and won the Grammy for Best Country Performance by a Duo or Group in 1993, the year of me. You're welcome. Because... 89, baby. Yeah, I know. You're old. I know. You're That's old. why I'm bald. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> you chose that. Because of the album's high... The hairline went halfway back my head. <laughs> I didn't choose that at all. Like... <laughs> You're like, wait, 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 wait. hold on. I didn't, I didn't. If I had hair, I would have hair. <laughs> I would have a mane. And you'd look glorious. Thank you. You're welcome. So jealous of my friends that got to grow out their hair for COVID. <laughs> I didn't get to do that. No, it was probably much easier to keep yourself clean, though. I take showers and baths. I'm and not saying clean. you don't. I'm saying you don't have to use shampoo anymore. It's very oh, quick. Yeah. And you get to keep yourself clean real fast. Yeah. No, that it, it's a lot of work trying yeah. to keep hair clean. True. No, I'm with you now. Yeah. Uh, and also, I don't have the patience or the knowledge on how to like and there's prevent no, and split there's, ends. And there's no reason for you to. So yeah, you're fine. Exactly. But now all that money that I don't have to spend on like conditioner and stuff, I have to sh spend on razors. And shaving cream. That's fair. That's yeah. A, yeah. And an aftershave. It's the same. It's the same amount of same, same but different. It's the phrase of the month. Same, same, same but different. <laughs> same, same but different. This is a lesson for everyone. The moral of the story is everyone's got their own struggles, and we should love and respect and care for each other, and empower them to be their best selves. I haven't even gotten to the ghosts. <laughs> Oh my god, you haven't, have we? <laughs> the whole point of this show, the whole 
this history lesson. I totally forgot we're supposed to have ghosts. Don't you love that he doesn't actually know what show he's on? All right, we're almost there. Because of the album's high acclaim, interest in reviving the Ryman was peaked. The Gaylord Entertainment Company, which had absorbed WSM in the 80s, announced plans to renovate the entire building in 1992, and by June 4, 1994, the first performance in the newly renovated space was a broadcast of A Prairie Home Companion, a radio variety show that was pretty well known at the time. It actually ended in 2020. Mm-hmm. A benefit was held at the Ryman by the Opry in 1998, its first return to the venue since 1974. Ever since, barring two seasons because of COVID, the Grand Old Opry performs at the Ryman during its one-month winter run. In 2022, the Ryman officially became a landmark in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That is the history of the Ryman. Good job, team. Way to go. All right, if you'd like to hear more of the story... If you'd like to hear the rest of the story, please subscribe. Yep. And like. And stay tuned. Download. Stay tuned for the next episode. Now, for those of you who are listening, we're not not done. Spoiler. We're going to cut this into two episodes. No, we're not. (laughs) No, we're not. I can't do I can't do that. That's so much editing. Well, friends, turns out the man was right. We are going to make this a two parter. There's a lot more content to be heard from our friend greg but next week will be a new episode from shannon and then the week after you'll get the rest of greg so until then remember this podcast doesn't exist you just went to the hairdresser slash got your head shaved today okay no 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 no. and it keeps freaking me out because you look like a baby I guess this is the first time you've seen me with the baldness. Full, full bald. Yeah. So, ladies, I'm sorry. Actually, it doesn't I, look bad. I'm I not make it what I. Uh, you know what the problem is? What? Grant called this years ago. He said, "This is." You hate when he's right, right? <laughs> I absolutely fucking hate it when he's right. This is my faux little it. brother, and as his faux big brother, I feel empowered and necessitated to like. Tamp down that ego. He also has so much hair. So he's... He, he has f- glorious hair. But when we were living together, he was like, Greg, you're gonna, you're just gonna go bald, get bigger, like get buff, and grow a beard. And that's gonna be your look. Like you're gonna, you're gonna peak in your 30s and 40s. And that's what you're gonna be doing. And and at that time I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll die. Well, it was kind of, it's, it's like, it's the just mo- because I've never seen you with yeah. a sh- fully shaved head that it like every time you take your hat off, I'm like, oh my God, you're shiny. <laughs> but I shave it every day. It looks good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My, my, I will say my hairdresser lady who I love, uh, she was like, <laughs> I've lost my job. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to come and have you trim say, up my I was beard. Say, she She's still got to take care so of my beard for you got, me. You got some hair. Yeah. Oh, my lanta. Okay. Roy, come get your wife. No. Leave me alone. Leave me, bitch.